Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello there, you're listening to Luke's English Podcast again. Is that right, gentlemen? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, see, I'm right. Um, And um, so we're still here in Brighton. This is like the second Brighton um, Brighton Comedy Show podcast that I'm going to do. You remember from the last one we were on the beach, but now this time we're in a cafe in an area of Brighton known as the Lanes, which is a pretty cool part of the town, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's, it's nice. Yeah, okay. And I'm still with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, that was interesting. Thanks. Um, I'm still with uh, Moz, Alex and Paul here. Moz on the left. Hello, Moz. Hello, Luke Johnson. Yeah, I'm still, <laughs> still doing the Luke Johnson thing. You have to listen to the previous episode to understand that particular uh, thing. So, And I've got in front of me Mr Alex Love. Hello, Alex. Hello, Luke. Uh, using my correct name there. <laughs> Take note of that, please, Moz. And then on the right here we have uh, Mr. Paul Langton in the Great British Flag Union Jack cap. Hello, Paul. Hello, Mary. Oh, okay. He's a different name there. Um, and we'll move straight on, shall we? So, what's happening? We've just eaten some food in the cafe. Uh, we've been flyering, we've been handing out some flyers to get people to come and see our show uh, in the morning. And handing out flyers, that's like handing out little leaflets to advertise the show, which is a kind of an art in itself. Have you developed your own technique for doing that, Alex? Um, I asked people if they'd like to come and see some comedy instead of just handing them the flyer. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, I don't know if it works, but I like to think, you know, they can. you can just hand a flyer to someone and they'll shove it in the bag, but if you say, would you like to come and see some comedy, then they Possibly there's more of a chance they will come and see the show. Okay, can we just perhaps have a demonstration of that? So, Moz, imagine you're walking past Alex in the streets, and Alex, you're going to give, uh, you're going to try and persuade Moz to take, not only take a fly, but come and see the show. So here we go, three, two, one, go. Oh, I don't, I don't want him in my show. I'm not going to. You don't. You don't want him to come to the show. All right. Um, let's imagine that uh, Moz is a beautiful young lady, um, and she um, is very charming. <laughs> and very attractive. Okay, now, now, do you want her to come to the show? I want her to, to come to the to come and to come to the show. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, so let's imagine, Moz, that you're a young lady. That yeah. shouldn't be too difficult. And um, no, he's, he's, he's so macho that it's quite hard to, to get it. You see. Um, so, um, you're, Alex, you really wanted to come to the show. So, do your thing. Get him to come with a flyer. Go. Uh, hello, uh, sexy lady. Hello. Uh, I've got a flyer here. Would you like to come and see some comedy tonight? No. <laughs> Can I have your phone number? No. Um, <laughs> All right. Are you a ladyboy? Uh... Okay. Uh, I, I see. <laughs> All right. Now, Paul, Paul, you've also been handing out flyers today. What's your technique? Have you got a technique for, I do. for doing I, that? I do indeed have a technique. What I do is I, I assess the situation. What I mean by that is that if I see someone coming along with a small pet, like a dog, a beautiful little puppy, I will threaten to stamp 
on that puppy unless they come to the show. Okay, right. So that's like a threat, threatening the audience members. Um, okay, let's let's see that happening. So Alex, imagine you're uh, I don't know what what, should, what kind of person would Alex be? I suppose he's a he's a he's a middle-aged man from uh, oh, Arabic persuasion who's also a monk. So you're a middle-aged monk who. Uh, what religion? What religion? Um, uh, let's go with Buddhism. Buddhism. Yeah. Buddhism. I think Buddhist. So you're a Buddhist monk from from somewhere in the Arab-speaking world. Yeah, to be more specific. I, it's very unlikely, to be honest, that you would be a Buddhist monk exactly. from from the south. This it's, is, could happen. It's possible. This has not been very well thought out. I think we need to uh, be better with our uh, scenarios. I think we need to plan it in advance, but it doesn't really matter. So anyway, Paul, try and persuade Alex, the Buddhist monk from the Arabic-speaking world, um, to come to the comedy show. Go. Uh, would, would, can I just ask, would Moz, would you prepare to, prepare to be a Shih Tzu puppy for me, please? <laughs> I'm in the scene. I'm in the scene. Yes. It's the Japanese dog, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Shih Tzu. It is indeed, yes. Okay, so... Um... Hello, sir. Would you like to come to our comedy night tonight? I don't really like comedy. Um, well, I see you have a lovely puppy with you. Um, if you don't come, I'm going to stamp on its face until it resembles bolognese. Well, then I'll get butter on you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is great. Funnily enough, that it's actually happened this morning, and uh, Buddha will be coming to the show tonight, which is uh, fantastic. I think he's going to help out somehow. Okay, then. Okay, good. So that's, that's the flyering that we've been doing. Um, so let's see. What's, what else has been going on? Last night we had, a, we had a show yesterday. We had a show the day before. We did the podcast on the beach. One thing is we talked a bit about Alex, didn't we? Uh, Paul, you kind of tried to describe Alex for us and uh, successfully, I, I believe. I, I feel quite unsuccessfully, but that's because I need to use a, a, very, a, very, a variety of English swear words to discuss Alex. And I'm, I'm not willing to do that for a wonderful audience like yourself. Well, the, the, the thing about swearing is that I did try and throw all the swear words into one episode, which mm -hmm. kind of means that the others should be relatively clean. Mm -hmm. But you know what? If you know, just be natural. If you do swear in normal, in a normal, no, probably better not to swear, isn't it? Really, I suppose. Okay. So, um, what I'd like to do now is, Alex, I'd like you to tell us a few things about Paul, because um, before Alex, um, you told no, Paul, you told us about Alex. Yeah. So, Alex, can you tell us about Paul? Then, how would you describe Paul? As a man. In fact, let me rephrase the question. If aliens, if aliens came down from space and landed on the Earth and they looked at Paul and they pointed at them with their long fingers and they said, what is this? What would you reply? He is a very large man. <laughs> a very large human man. Human being. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, X Y chromosome. X Y chromosome. That's the, the sort of genetics for a man, right? So he's definitely a male, a human. Yeah. He is. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm just thinking it from an alien perspective. Yeah. Um, that's how they identify him with, with the chromosomes. Okay. If we, so we've got the human man. How would we kind of get a bit more detail, a bit more specific now? Uh, he's a sunburnt human man. Mm -hmm. A large, large sunburnt man. He's got kind of sunburn. The red, the red, uh, red skin on the forehead. Um, slightly red skin on the forehead there, on the nose maybe a little bit. Um, this is a result of standing in the in the sunshine, flyering. Okay, so he's a red sunburnt man from Earth. Uh, any more details? Um, he uh, has a Cockney accent um, okay. and a beard. There's a Cockney accent and a beard. And he needs a haircut. Okay. Mm -hmm. And some hair. Sorry, boss? And some hair. So not only does he need a haircut, he also needs some hair as well. 
Now, that's coming from a, um, a man with a follically challenged man, let's say, a man with, without uh, a great deal of hair on his head. Now, I feel bad about saying that because... Oh, let's not go there. It's just too, too, too complicated. Yeah. Luke has a lion-like mane. Apparently, I've got a lion-like mane of, of, of hair, but it's, 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 I'm losing it too, and the hair. Um, right, so anyway, a bit more specific about Paul. Uh, let's see. Um, how would you describe Paul Langton's comedy? Comedy? Um, well, uh, he, he doesn't do any writing. He just has these ideas, and he just talks about his ideas, and he doesn't really have... And he punchlines, he just pulls lots of silly faces and uh, shouts a lot. Okay. Lots of shouting, lots of talking, lots of silly faces. Mm-hmm. Is that fair, Paul, a fair assessment? I think, I think that that is a fair assessment, and it also could describe a, a TEFL teacher. To be oh, honest. yeah? You think so? <laughs> okay, now you're talking about me, right? Okay, is that a description of my comedy? Lots of, well, less shouting, slightly less, a lot of confusion. Uh, funny faces as well, not very many punchlines. That's kind of my comedy as well. Um, how would you describe Alex's comedy then, Paul? Cerebral. What do you mean? He thinks a lot. So he's brainy, there's a lot of brain work involved. It's an intelligent man's kind of comedy. Alex, what do you think? Um, I, 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 I describe it, the difference between me and Paul, because we've done a few shows together. People laugh at the way Paul says things, but they laugh at the way I've written things. Okay, so it's, Paul is all about the performance, mm-hmm. you're all about the writing. Well, yes, I suppose. I, I don't really... I used to be quite... Um, I used to write a lot and I used to have to remember every single word. <clears throat> but I'm in gig with Paul uh, for quite a long, long time. Yeah. I uh, uh, you know, kind of picked up his bad habits and I don't do as much writing now. So, but I've got lines on it I, w- I, w- I want to say that, you know... You've got, you've got lions that you want lions, to say. Yeah, lions like Lion Luke Thompson, the lion with his so mane. I've become a lion in all of this, right? <laughs> if I'm a, now, Paul has gone to speak on the telephone, which is fine. Um, so if I'm a lion, uh, Moz, what's Moz then? Uh, I'm a lion with a lion's mane. I don't feel like a lion. I feel more lies, like a like a puma, maybe. But so anyway, I'm a lion with a lion's mane. Alex, what about Moz then? Uh, Moz is one of those. Uh, Pink dolphins you get in the Amazon. Like a, a, pink, a, pink, a pink dolphin. Are, are they in the Amazon? Yeah, yeah, in the river. They've got like really long uh, noses, bottle noses. Yes. Uh, really narrow. Why is Moz like a pink dolphin oh, from the say, Amazon? Is, is that a bit of a, 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 a cultural slur because he's Jewish? Uh, no. Is that what you're saying about whoa, the pink dolphins? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> getting back to religion again. <laughs> Let's be careful here. You're um, saying that Moz is Jewish. Is that right? Because I don't believe really I, I, I don't think he is. 100%, 100%. I know everything about Jesus. We grew up together. We were, we were brothers. Okay. Um, so true. Um, Moz has got a, sl- a slightly weird relationship with, uh, well, the truth, I suppose. <laughs> you could say. Um, certainly in terms of his comedy. Um, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, he, he sort of uh, steps a fine line between truth and fiction in his shows. <laughs> now, actually, uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, and also uh, a fine line between truth and racism. Oh, <laughs> oh really? Okay. It's edgy, you see, this the comedy thing. Moz does, uh, obviously, have a lot of one-man plays and performances, uh, mostly revolving around um, bodily functions. Mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say, really. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking now about Moz's comedy. Moz, as you know from listening to the previous podcast, is doing his own one-man show. 
Um, and uh, so, Moz, I'm going to talk to you for a little bit. Um, how would you describe your show? Did we talk about this yesterday? A little bit. We, we just talked about the fact that he has a suit that has come to life. Yeah, we, talk, we talked about the theme for his balloon show as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think there's, he, did lots of, he does lots of characters. Uh, <clears throat> it's, yeah, I th- would you like to explain? I, I would be delighted to, Alex, as, as, as the uh, creator of Balloon and Vice President. Um, Vice President of Balloon <laughs> Incorporated. Balloon Industries. Well, I, I'm actually more of a balloon tamer. What I do is I get balloons uh, from the wild and I train them to become stunt balloons. Uh, I teach them how to speak proper. Um, and I teach them, uh, I direct them in uh, shows that no one comes to see. So this, this kind of weird nonsense that you're hearing is, uh, <laughs> it's again sort of a humorous banter, right? <laughs> what do you really mean by that? Uh, I like to refer to it as gibberish. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the show is mostly gibberish. I don't agree. I think, I think your show has got a story, basically, yeah. and it's, it's about the love between a man and a balloon, isn't it? True. It's very true. It, it, it's about a man who inflates a balloon, and it's about the, about the relationship between the man and the balloon. Uh, and over half an hour, they come to, to like each other, hate each other, and then respect each other. And then there's a big, exciting ending. It ends, I believe, with a, a satisfying bang. Yes, absolutely. It's been reviewed on, on websites and stuff, a satisfying bang at the end, which I think <laughs> is a good review, don't you think? Yeah. I'd settle for that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think we'd all settle for a satisfying and bang. Uh, and the parakeet. Oh, the parakeet, wee! Uh, okay, so um, I, I want to move on and talk about so your relationship with the English language actually, because obviously all my listeners are interested in that. So how would you describe your relationship with the English language? It's quite a big question, perhaps, Paul. Well, well, I think as comedians, the majority of what we do involves what we say. There are physical comedians. As Alex says, I'm, I'm quite physical. I use facial expressions. Uh, Moz himself uses um, uh, balloons and, and flies and, and nooses and other such equipment. Lots of props. Um, but, you know, obviously we have to convey a lot of what we're trying to say and make people laugh through our words. So I'd say we've all got a, a good working relationship with the English language. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not like a, we can really opt out of this relationship we have with the English language unless we learn another language and then refuse to speak English. It's kind of, we're stuck with the English language. There's no escape, really. I mean, you have to use English in order to achieve your aim. Well, I, I don't speak any other languages, so I don't really have a lot of choice. Uh, I could do mime, um, but I, I prefer to talk. Why is it that, uh, as English people, we don't speak other languages, Moz? Um, I think we've just become slightly too lazy with the fact that English used to be, like, the most dominant language. Therefore, we, when we go abroad, we tend to learn just the basics and cover the rest of the language in English. Like, we go abroad and go, ah, can I have some chips? So, uh, you're English. You speak English, don't you, Johnny? Jose? Oi, Jose, come here. <laughs> Get, get me some chips. Yeah, do you feel guilty about this thing that we don't speak other languages? I think, I think what brings the guilt in is the fact that when you go abroad, or not even when you go abroad, when you meet young adults, teenagers of other countries, and they, they come over here maybe on holiday, maybe on summer school, mm-hmm. and, and they speak very good English. Yeah. And, and you, when you question them, it's, it's not something... It's almost like they haven't worked hard at it, it's just something that they feel that they need, a second language. In certain cases, you meet people who are Spanish who can speak fluent French and English, 
and then they ask you if you can speak any other language and you do it, it's a silly thing and it's awful I think the trouble in England is that you learn a compulsory language I could be wrong but when I went to school you had to learn either French or German and because you had to it took away because it is quite exciting learning another language but because you had to because it, it was compulsory um, you just you just lost interest right I think now it's not compulsory anymore I think I'm not sure I'm not yeah. sure um, Alex were you about to say something yeah I was going to say uh, I think that's uh, a lot of the problem um, with uh, the reason why English people don't speak as many languages is partly because lots of people speak English um, like the people listening to this uh, podcast hello uh, listeners hello uh, and um, but yeah I think it's partly the, the teaching and I think children in this country should learn a language when they're at primary school mm-hmm. you know between the ages of uh, five and eleven I think that would be good for them to, to, to learn uh, and then when they get to secondary school they're their level of language will be more advanced than it would be otherwise, because um, when they get to secondary school, which is uh, from 11 to 16, yeah. uh, they are... Um, Gets to the point. Well, the, the point is that they learn from scratch <laughs> when, when they're already quite old. Yes. Um, and, uh, and it's also... I, I found school very boring. Really? So I didn't really want to learn. I was good at languages. I was, I was getting A's, but then I decided to, to do no work. Really? Yeah. Why? Because um, I could get away with doing nothing. You could just get away with... Well, that's the English mentality. If you can get away with doing nothing, then, then you do. Do you really do you think that we're fundamentally lazy people? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. I think we're quite lazy speakers. There was an interesting piece on the news when the Olympics was coming out, um, and they went to two lots of students, one in London and one in China, and they spoke to the English students who were like uh, 15, 16, and said, what do you want to be when you leave school? And the English students went... Uh, this is almost verbatim. They said, uh, "You uh, where uh, me not me not really know what we me want to do." It was kind of very strong, kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of really e- weird language. Whereas they went to the students in China, and their English was impeccable. But they really their English was better than better than ours. Really was. They knew how to enunciate properly. I think that to an extent here, what we've got going on is British self-deprecation. I, I disagree. I mean, what I was going to say was I I studied French uh, GCSE. Uh, and then I went on to do the next level of um, education in England, which is A-level French. And I went on after that, after doing A-level French, I, I took a, a course that was specifically for French for business. You speak French then, Paul? No. <laughs> what, that's what, my point. What happened? No, that's my point. I mean, I'm, I'm 36, so I left uh, my last, uh, my last um, qualification in a foreign language was when I was uh, 19. And even though I'd had an extensive qualification according to English education system, the most I could do is, you know... We had a book that I'm sure everyone around this table is familiar with, a textbook for French called Tricolore. Yeah, La Rochelle. All I could do by the end of like five or six years of uh, French uh, education is go to La Rochelle and ask the butcher if he had some meat. And, that, and I'm not, not over exaggerating. The way that we are taught, when we, when we do want to show an interest and we do take a language, the way it's taught over here is. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty poor. Pretty basic. I remember Tricolore 
the French, the French textbook, which we all used. Alex is too young, so he didn't use Tricolore, but Tricolore was basically a textbook which allowed you to learn French. The whole thing was set in a French city, a town called La Rochelle, which is on the Atlantic coast. If you, you, you've been there? You've been there? And um, during, as we studied from the course book, all of the characters in all the lessons were the same characters throughout the whole book. So there was like Jean-Marie, Vincent, uh, Jean-Paul, and, uh, and all these other characters. And it all, most of the lessons, as far as I remember, involved um, stopping someone in the street and asking them if they could tell us where the swimming pool was. Yes. So <laughs> for some reason... Nouelle Piscine. Nouelle Piscine, oui. And Which we only ever listen to because, as you're probably aware from Luke's uh, podcast about swearing, Piscine sounds a bit like pissing. Yeah. So it's like you wee in the, to- in the swimming pool. So um, piscine, swimming pool. Uh, piscine was very funny for us at school, and all the kids would laugh, and the teacher would get pissed off. Yeah. And uh, oh, nice. Yeah. And the the other word was was uh, the word for bank, which bonk, bonk. Uh, and bonk is another word that means to have sex, right? So or fornicate. Or to fornicate, as we learned yesterday. Um, so, I mean, I, did, when you went to La Rochelle, did you meet any of these people that we learnt about in our course? But did you meet Vincent? I may have done. No, I'm not familiar with the, with the textbook. Did you ask anyone where the swimming pool was? No, because uh, that's another reason why I'm slightly lazy with, with languages, is my mum speaks very good French. So, um, you know, when we're on family holidays, she'd do all the talking. And my mum did all the talking? Yes. Okay, so you just sort of listened and yeah, thought yeah. about comedy, probably. Um, I, I, can't remember, I can't remember what I was really thinking about at the time. Maybe, I, I don't know, I don't know, maybe football. Transformers and ladies' bottoms. Yeah. Yes, I expect so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let's see, I'd like to just move on to our final topic, if that's all right with you gentlemen. We. Oui. Um, and that the next topic is all about experiences of going to another culture. Um, so obviously listeners uh, learning a language is a lot about culture, learning about English is about culture, a lot of the people who are listening to this come to the UK or America mm-hmm. or something to learn. So let's see, have you ever been to, have you ever lived in another country first of all? Who's no. going to go first? No from Paul. Briefly. Yeah, briefly. I lived, lived in Austria for a little while. Oh yeah. Uh, which was great, in, in the mountains. <laughs> Like, yeah. just like Heidi. Heidi was a TV show from Austria. You <laughs> might know. It was a book as well. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I spent a lot of time milking goats and uh, um, <laughs> brushing brush their mane, and then you kind of weave it together into a jumper, um, which is good for winter, for when you get really cold. Um, and then I, I, feel, I, I feel like, sorry, I feel like whenever someone is saying something that's not really true, that's kind of funny, <laughs> I should make a noise. <laughs> That noise means that there's some f- sort of um, naughty, funny, funniness that's not n- completely true. <laughs> so carry on, Mars. And if you hear, listeners, if you hear this sound, it means that that's not completely true. It's just meant to be funny. So go on, carry on. Uh, Austria. Uh, and it was there I set up my own religion, uh, which is called Mosism, uh, where people would come out every day and worship me because I am essentially uh, the sun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, remember what I said about Mars's relationship with the truth earlier on? He's just claimed to be the sun. Um, I think we can all agree that's not true, isn't that right? It's not, it's not. Well, he, he is a son. So that's He's the son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I broke the wall. That's, I'm sorry. That's, that's salvation. I'm going to edit that, maybe. I might beep. I'm going to beep that. Get yeah. that. Yeah. I'm not going to edit it. I'll just beep it. For comedy purposes, I did that. What, you can beep. 
I can beep. I've got the technology, the facilities to beep. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Don't take that as a green light. Don't Don't please don't take that as a green light to start swearing and effing and blinding all over the place. I think the biggest cultural difference I found was uh, I, my brother's immigrated to America. He's in Portland, in Oregon, and I spent six weeks over there. Brilliant. And. Um, actually finding a different culture between the same language. I think that's the strangest thing. We're talking in the last podcast, we're talking about accents and things like that, but when you go to another country where the major language is English, but it's like for our say when you look at Microsoft, when, when, you're on a, when you're on a keyboard and it's asking you what language you want to put, you will actually see US English and UK English, because they're so goddamn backward. What, the Americans are, are yeah, backwards? They're just, they're just backward. Okay, okay. We're opening I'm only joking, up. I'm only joking. They're lovely people and I love them all dearly, especially my sister-in-law if she ever does listen to this. Okay. Um, but you can, I mean, would you agree? You can hear the differences. And everybody knows it's not just like the frog, say, elevator and, and, yeah. and lift and things like that. There is a whole different understanding. Kind of like when you go to a shop in America, they're like, well, how are you today, sir? How can I help you? All righty then. Yeah. You know, whereas in England, it's like, what? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Depends. That's quite a generalisation. I've experienced very, very bad customer service in America. Where they're like, come on, buddy, we haven't got all day. Make no. your order. Get out of here. No. You're in from around here, are you? No, it was just, it was, I went to New York and it was in a, just in the supermarket. Uh, and in, in this country, in the UK, it's quite polite to say hello to someone when, when you, you go to the supermarket. Yeah. And they'll say hello back. So I said hello to the lady there and she just said nothing and then uh, they just put a hand out and asked for, for, for the money. She so. probably thought, why is this British guy saying hello to me? So he, he ain't from around here, is he? So it was very poor customer service. Really? Yeah. In your experience? In experience. Sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. They're, yeah, I, I don't think it's a general rule. You, you get good customer service in the UK and you get bad customer service. Sometimes in the UK I go into shops and I buy something and the customer service that I receive is a hand. Just a hand hanging in front of me waiting for me to put money in it. That's it. No eye contact. <laughs> no eye contact. Just a hand. Um, uh, okay. So experiences abroad, all right. What's the yes, Moz? I have one from uh, home. I actually uh, grew up in the country. This you don't, you don't, Luke. You do not need to tap your glass on this one. This is going to be a hundred percent factual. Okay. Get ready with the glass. Yeah. We're ready with the glass. Um, okay. No, I, where I come from in the country, because it's small villages, uh, you're so used to saying hello to people. That's a very common thing. Hello, how are you doing? You see a policeman, you say hello. But when I moved to yeah, when I moved to London. Uh, in my first week, I said hello to a policeman, and he gave me a really evil look, really? as if I'd done something wrong. Really? Uh, so, so you're, it was a kind of culture shock for yeah. you when you came to London, there, from the countryside. Yeah. Yes, okay. Do you think that the countryside and London are different things, Alex? I mean, different cultures? Uh, yes, yes, definitely. Um, in London, uh, everyone's very unfriendly. Um, and, yeah, if you walk along the streets, and you don't say hello to people, uh, in London, but back home in the country, um, you walk along the streets, and if you, someone's walking the other way, you say hello. Uh, right. Yeah, it's kind of like morning, morning, nice day. Yeah, lovely. Right, have a nice walk. You too. Bye, bye, bye. Love you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And in London, what's it like? It's just nothing. You just walk past people and uh, take no notice of one another. You walk past someone, and if you go, all right, they go, oh my God, there's a there's a crazy person in the street. Yeah, or, or they might try and stab you. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> they take it as an opportunity to stab you, don't they? Don't they? Um, okay. Well, I think that probably pretty much wraps up this episode because we're busy. We've got to go out and do more flyering, haven't we? Um, so perhaps we'll have time to do another one of these updates um, in the next uh, day or two. But we can do a crazy golf podcast, Luke. Ah, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Two pounds fifty it costs, by the way. Two pounds fifty. Uh, on come to Brighton. Two pounds fifty. Mention our name. You get in for two pounds seventy-five. Okay, there you go. Snigger happy at the Bryson Fringe Festival. We're at the Temple Bar. I don't know why I'm telling you this because by the time you listen to this, it will have been finished. <laughs> but they can read about it on my blog and our experiences in there. Yeah, don't forget, you can read all of the details. And hopefully, one of our reviews. Yeah, hopefully, you'll be able to read about all of this on Alex. You can read about Alex's personal experience of doing this uh, comedy thing here in Brighton on his website, which if you listen to the previous episode you will already know off by heart, you will have memorised it you've got it written down somewhere perhaps it's alexlove. no, alexlove.co.uk uh, also check my website of course, where you can find other things like videos and transcripts and other useful stuff teacherluke.wordpress.com that's it from this episode, you might hear from more from us in the near future. Thank you very much. Bye, 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, please visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.